atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. This is the broadcast for October 16th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Wow, hard-hitting last hour about the debates. All 12 battling it out, they claim. Truly, though, they didn't talk about anything important. They just talked about the Ellen scandal. <laughs> and a bunch of other goofy debates between one another. Nothing of consequence. My question, will any of the 12 truly be the front runner and be the nominee? Or are they going to trot out a Michelle Obama, a Hillary Clinton, a Michael Bloomberg, or somebody else to say, man, these Democrats have gone way too far to the left. I'm going to bring back common sense and civility to the Democratic Party. And my name's Hillary. Civility, civility with Hillary kind of an idea. And so I don't even know who's there. Um, the ones that actually have some common sense things to say are already getting shut down. So there you have the debate breakdown. We'll put that up and you can check out that broadcast if you missed the last hour. Without further ado, we got James Edwards with us, the political cesspool.org radio program. We've also got Ammon Bundy with us because we told you yesterday that Ammon Bundy was live at the Rick Corber sentencing. And uh, so the Bundy family held a press conference, which we'll get into in just a second. But sadly, just reporting the news, KSL going all out against Rick Corber, acting like he's a complete criminal. I completely disagree. Uh, Rick Corber literally got sentenced 170 months, just over 14 years in federal prison. Now, before the sentencing started, members of the Clive and Bundy family held a press conference literally saying, you know what, these charges against Rick Corber are retaliation. We'll talk about it. Ammon Bundy's with us. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you for having me. All right, so let's talk about it. Tell me about the press conference. Well, first of all, I think I have to, you know, lay a foundation that uh, in, in, in one way, Rick is guilty. And uh, I say that because he's guilty of you know, putting his faith in the courts and not loudly informing the people of what was really happening to him. And he's guilty of, you know, letting the U.S. Attorney's Office just control the narrative and not rebut the lies and the slander that they've been spreading, you know. And then, of course, the reporters, they just pick it up from the U.S. Attorney's Office and, and uh, you know, the fake news and spread it out like it's, like it's facts and do no investigative reporting at all. They don't do any fact-checking at all. They make references to things that they don't dig into. For example, there's been a ton of mistrials in this thing. There's been a ton of let Corber walk free because we don't see criminal activity here on the part of Rick over and over and over. But, hey, it's like we're on quadruple jeopardy here or on manipulations to where we can keep him in front of the courts until we win idea, right? Yeah. In fact, if if you give me a second here, uh, I've got the list of uh, so uh, in all in all, Rick's case has gone through seven grand juries, five different indictments. It's gone through 16 U.S. prosecutors, four U.S. attorneys have come and gone, two federal trial juries, and every fe- single federal judge in the Utah district has either presided over the case or recused himself uh, and recused himself, excuse me, or refused to take the case. The case has been dismissed with prejudice. And then overturned by the Tenth Circuit, the proceedings have gone on for more than ten years. And then towards the end, no judge in Utah would or could take the case, 
So a judge from New York was sent out to preside over... Hold on, let's stop for a second on the would or could take the case. That just shows the conflict of interest going on here. And it just shows they just cannot handle it. They've got to find a way to barbecue Rick at all costs. Well, just just on that alone, if he was really guilty and really did what they said he did, why is it so hard for them to get a conviction? I mean... It, it, that alone should tell people the facts. And, uh, you know, basically this started out as retaliation uh, because of his participation, actually, in the school voucher bill. Uh, I think it was uh, HB 148. Uh, and then his basically kind of conflict with Governor Huntsman at the time and, uh, and, the, uh, and the Republican Party. Uh, it went on basically, uh, you know, in the 2008 election, uh, Rick and the Free Capitalist, which was his kind of uh, movement, I guess, or group that he had organized and led. They wouldn't support John McCain. Uh, they ended up supporting uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani, and that, uh, you know, infuriated the Republican Party. Uh, and it just escalated from there. Next thing you know, uh, you know, you've got them trying to prosecute him on a state level. Um, and the attorney's office, the Utah attorney's office says, look, he hasn't committed any crime. We looked into it. We're not going to charge him. All right. So it gets worse. The mainstream press and the biggest news agency in Utah, KSL, they so we've highlighted how it's been over 10 years all the judges all these different people have had to come and go the state says no crime they've literally been at this through what seven grand juries you said yeah seven grand juries okay and so now here's the way the KSL news thugs write about this here it goes listen dismissal and mistrials were all part of the decade long court battle against convicted fraudster Rick Corber yeah. You now, know, how I, dishonest is that statement, sir? It's absolutely dishonest. You know, you know, you know what else they reported? Uh, they reported that uh, we were a bunch of anti-government, uh, you know, uh, uh, people that gathered to support Rick, and that one of us got unruly inside the courtroom, so we had to get. So they were arrest. They arrested him and drug him out. You want to know the truth? The truth is, the prosecutors. So. Everybody went into the courtroom yesterday to hear the sentencing. Uh, the courtroom was clear, full. In fact, no one else could go in. It was full. Uh, the prosecutors had lined up what they said were the victims, right? The first supposed victim gets up and says, I'm not a victim. I didn't. And, and the judge says, you sat down. The second one gets up and he says, I'm not a victim. And he says, you sat down. The third one gets up, so now they're getting a little wise, and he says, I'm a victim. And he says, but I'm not a victim of Rick. I'm a victim of the prosecutors. And the marshals came, threw him on the ground, handcuffed him, and drug him out of the courtroom. So they pulled, they pulled a Marcus Mumford on the guy almost. Yes, but what, the point is there is not one person that said that they were victimized by, by Rick's fraud. And that's the way it was in the trials, too. I mean, how could this possibly be that they can't get a victim after they sentenced a man to say that they lost money through fraud? 
One uh, person they claimed as a victim said, I defend Rick Korber completely. Yes, he lost money, but he never claimed that he wouldn't lose money. Even after he lost money, he didn't lie and pretend that he was going to get it back. He apologized and said, I'll do the best I can for you. And he did. He actually sent $12,000 back to one of the, uh, the people doing his very best to uh, re- make recompense. That's the way this whole thing was. But it was a witch hunt because of his political you know, involvement, because of his ability to organize. Um, you know, one, one thing that in the beginning that you, could, uh, that you saw was um, when John McCain was a, a presidential candidate, he came to Utah, and the Republican Party asked Rick uh, and the free capitalists to raise money for him. Well, they did raise money for him. They raised about $70,000, but they were so disgusted during the dinner event with what McCain was saying that they began to ask him questions, like real questions. And ultimately, they embarrassed John McCain in front of those attending. And, of course, this made the Republican Party and the Governor Huntsman upset. So, But afterward, John McCain, uh, or excuse me, after the John McCain event, Rick, and the free capitalists announced that they would not support John McCain for the presidential election, and they threw their support towards Rudy Giuliani. They had him come out to Utah, meaning Rudy Giuliani, and they raised around $250,000 for him in Rick's home during a dinner. But, the, that they, but they specifically did not invite the Republican uh, leaders of the Republican Party. But a man by the name of Gary Herbert... Uh, who was the lieutenant governor at the time, he showed up to the meeting anyway, or to the event anyway, and Rick almost didn't let him in. Anyway, this type of stuff is what really made them upset towards Rick, and it wasn't very long after that that uh, uh, they sent the the Utah, they they basically sent, actually who they sent was they sent, um, uh, let me get her name, uh, Francine Gianni, the director of the Utah Department of Commerce, they sent her after Rick and the free capitalists and basically got into this legal battle that cost Rick over $400,000 um, just to defend himself in, in some civil things. And then on August 30th, 2007, Rick's attorney got a call from Wayne Klein, who was the director of Utah Division of Securities, and informed them that the state of Utah attorney's office was looking to indict Rick for fraud. And that's how this started. And then as time goes on, Rick, uh, in his spare time, while defending himself, helps out the Bundy family, right? Well, what happened was, you know, just kind of go through this. And I don't know how much time you want to give me. I'll give you plenty of time. This is vital well, because I'm telling you right now, this points to the corruption in the courts. Supposedly the weakest branch is government turning out to be the most abusive and strongest branch in government because nobody has the guts to impeach activist, belligerent criminal judges. That's why. Yeah, Go ahead. Well, Hold on. Let's take a break. Then we'll come back and okay. give you more time on the other side. Breaks I don't control, time I can give. Ammon Bundy with us, ladies and gentlemen. You're hearing the real story about what's going on. And that's why Ammon Bundy and family felt so compelled in Salt Lake City Live to have a press conference yesterday. You're getting the real deal here. Criminals in government everywhere. I'm sad to say the only way to root them out is to shine the light, baby.
As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Liberty is not free. Its costs are innumerable. Without monetary funding, the valiant efforts of freedom-loving Americans become diminished or outright defeated. We present a solution, the Give Me Liberty Fund. The plan is quite simple. Invite individual Americans to contribute less than a dollar a day. These monetary funds are used to promote liberty-minded media, organizations, events, candidates, movements, and speakers. In the spirit of transparency, all expenditures are published. Patriotic business owners provide discounted products and services to Give Me Liberty Fund members. Our greatest strength is in numbers. Go to GiveMeLibertyFund.com and become part of the solution today. GiveMeLibertyFund.com Participate in the peaceful restoration of the greatest and freest country in the world. All right, so Ammon Bundy's telling us the story about Rick Korber, about the history here, to kind of put things in perspective as we highlight what happened at the press conference yesterday in Salt Lake City. Rick Korber, sadly, ladies and gentlemen, the free capitalist ain't free. Uh, literally, they have been uh, over seven grand juries, uh, all these different judges being dismissed and stepping aside for conflict of interest. The list goes on and on and on. Uh, Ammon, uh, your story continues, sir. Yeah, so remember... I do say that Rick is guilty, and the reason why he's guilty is because he hasn't appealed to the American people, to the people of Utah. He hasn't told this story. He felt that, well, he's going to spend his effort and try to get justice in the courts and then prove to everybody that he that he wasn't guilty. Well, they just railroaded him because there is no accountability unless the people are involved. Anyway, so... What happened was, is after he found out that the state of Utah was looking to possibly prosecute him because of this Francine Gianni uh, had basically tried to get them to, Mike Hines, who was the former who was the former head of uh, enforcement for the Division of Securities, and he was also the lead investigator on the case, he asked Rick to meet with them, and during that meeting. He informed Rick, in fact, I'll just quote it. He says, if you plead guilty to one count of fraud, they would drop the entire investigation, unquote. And uh, Rick actually uh, recorded this meeting. And uh, when you listen to it, you can hear Mike Hines say, uh, quote, you have not committed any crime or broken any, uh, the rule of law. 
So anyway, wait a minute. You have not committed any crime or broken the rule of law. But if you uh, cop to one count of fraud, then we'll let this whole thing go. And Rick said, I ain't doing it. Rick told me personally, I will not. I did not. In other words, I didn't do it, and I will not cop to it. I will not do it. That's what this is all about. They're saying, we're going to absolutely take this to the wall, and we're just done with you. Your ability to raise money, your ability to organize, your ability to help others, your understanding of the law, uh, your popularity, all this is the free capital. We just cannot have this uh, in the yes. tyranny where judges reign supreme, Ammon. Yeah, they wanted Rick out of politics, and they, they knew that, that a fraud conviction, even just on one count, would discredit him. So he wouldn't be able to, you know, have the influence that he had. But it, but I do have to say that Mike Hines, after a short time, he could see that this case was just a political prosecution. And he, uh, and he told Rick and his attorneys that he was not part of it. And he went on to say that there, there is no evidence that uh, Rick has broken the law. And, uh, in fact, the director, Wayne, uh, Wayne Klein, also said to Rick's attorney, uh, quote, normally we get evidence first, but your client went on the radio as if we were doing something wrong and painted me in a corner. So I have to do something, he said. So you can kind of see, and Mike Hines then warned Rick uh, to stop meeting with the task force because they were going to do whatever they have to do to trap him. Yes, and the more you meet with them, the more they extract little teeny pieces of information and they cobble it together in a dishonest narrative and they literally uh, lie in court. They withhold sculpatory, in other words, details that surround that evidence to paint a picture of dishonesty. That's what they tried to do to you and got exposed, but that's what they're doing to Rick and others as well. And then when they have uh, Ammon, one other thing to throw in here, when they have their friends in the media, and I'm talking about the insider media, that basically do their bidding, then, hey, the average Utah or American goes, uh, hey, this is the way it is, but it's a lie. Absolutely. In fact, uh, Francine Gianni, she she prepared a 44-count indictment, and she took it to the attorney general's uh, office and wanted the attorney general to prosecute Rick. And so the attorney general, Mark uh, Shirtless was his name at the time, he met with Rick at uh, Mimi's Cafe and Sandy there. And during the conversation, Mark said, uh, if you if you broke the law, I'm going to put my foot in your blank. But if this is a witch hunt and Francine Gianni is known for that, then I won't support it. And so ultimately what happened is, is they didn't, um, they did not, uh, indict because they didn't have any evidence. In other words, in other words, Mark didn't want to get into the limelight, but he did want to back away because he knew the truth. Yeah. He could see that ultimately it was just a, you know, witch hunt because that they were after Rick. And in fact, Mike, Mike Hines, who again, I told you was the lead investigator on this, uh, he wrote a, an official report debunking Francine's, uh, Gianni's 44 count indictment. And in the report, he wrote, the accusations are long on conclusions, but short on facts. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's pretty clear what, what was happening. And then shortly after that, Mike Hines, I mean, right after, you know, Mike Hines wrote this report, uh, he was terminated from his position. I don't even know how to respond to this, except for there's a debate a little bit 
um, with regards to Rick. A lot of the supporters of Rick are saying, hey, he's being punished for taking on the federal government in years past. But the attorneys for Rick Corbett are saying, hey, wait a minute, he's being attacked because of his religion, right? Well, if you were in the hearing uh, yesterday or the sentencing yesterday, uh, multiple, multiple times the judge basically used the word Mormon, you Mormons, you're gullible, um, you know, uh, and, and just it was it was really, really uh, demeaning to anybody who was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And remember, this judge had to come all the way from New York uh, to because, you know, no one could or would preside over Rick's case. He had to come all the way from New York and basically was the one who was tasked to uh, walk Rick to the gallows. Wow. I'll, I, James Edwards, I want you to chime into this because James hasn't been following the story. He's not really from Utah. He doesn't know Rick Korber. Uh, James, what do you think of this? Uh-oh, we're going to try to get James back here. You there, James? Oh, man, for some reason... Can't hear James. You there, James? All right, we'll try to get... Uh, Sam, we can hear our... You can hear James? Yeah. Huh, I must have a problem with my board. Go ahead, keep talking, James. All right, well, nobody can hear James on the air, though, so that's a, a problem. Now go, James. Sorry, now go. So you can listen twice as much as you as you speak and perhaps learn more. So that's what I'm doing right now. All right. So he wants to listen more than he talks, um, which I understand. Uh, so, Ammon, the other interesting thing on this that I find important to understand is how do we allow in America somebody to have seven grand juries? Judge after judge after judge have to just be dismissed. Bringing in somebody from New York. Literally the state saying not guilty. Literally Francine and... and uh, some of these other guys um, at, completely at odds about what they claim about Rick Corbett, literally overtaking a decade, literally. Uh, they're supposed to be um, due process here. This has been the opposite. It's more than a witch hunt. It is literally saying we don't care about the truth. We are going to put you in prison, but we're going to pretend that it's got the rule of law behind it. I mean, isn't that what's really happening? Yeah, and that's the danger because there is no justice in those courts because what they've become They've just become political machines to to move forward, you know, uh, a, a political agenda. And uh, anybody who opposes that, anybody who stands in their way, then they say, well, this is the rule of law, and so we're going to use it against you. I mean, it's not about a perpetrator victimizing somebody and then the uh, and then the, the law trying to restore the victim back, the damages that were, you know, that it's nothing to do with that. Um, it's all about basically, uh, you know, punishing political enemies. And uh, we see it over and over and over and over again. And Rick's case is a very, very good example of it. And, uh, you know, if, if we look closely at it, it shines the light on really what these courts have uh, become. In fact, my, uh, my father said many, many times, you know, and he's been asked, you know, why don't you, uh, you know, they killed your cattle, they destroyed your ranch, they threw you in prison for two years. All of it was found that it was all just, you know, a, a, a political move to try to destroy you. Why don't you sue them? And my dad says, sue them where? 
in their own court? He says, that's like going in, uh, that's like a man coming into your home, beating up your wife and children. So you take him to court. You get in the courtroom. They say, all rise for the honorable judge. In walks a man in a black robe, and it's the very man that beat up your wife and children. I don't know how to respond to that, because this is supposed to happen in communist nations, not the United States of America, Ammon. Well, you know, uh, listen to this, actually. It's very interesting, because Judge uh, Waldrop, uh, Waldrop, I think. All right, hold on. I want you to hang on that note. Judge Waldrop, Waldrop. Uh, we're going to come straight back to Ammon's story, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, Riveting Talk Radio, uh, Rick Korber, one of the latest political prisoners. There's a lot of them, Steve Stockman and many others. There's no liberty with innocence in prison. Ammon Bundy in seconds. Claiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Twelve Democrats who want to win the White House on a stage in Ohio for a debate last night. Here's a clash between Beto O'Rourke and Pete Buttigieg on gun control. Listening to my fellow Americans, to those moms who demand action, to those students who march for our lives, who in fact came up with this extraordinary bold peace plan that calls for mandatory buybacks. Let's follow their inspiration and lead and not be limited by the polls. Mayor Buttigieg. The problem isn't the polls. The problem is the policy. And I don't need lessons from you on courage, political or personal. Everyone on this stage is determined to get something done. Vice President Mike Pence and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo are now on their way to Turkey, hoping to negotiate a break in the fighting between Turkish forces and Kurds in northern Syria. However, Turkey's vice president has just said there will be no ceasefire. And this is USA Radio News. Friends and family, I've told you about the great sleep I get with my my pillow every night. Well, right now you can get a great deal and extra safety because if you go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener special, get their buy one get one free offer on the my pillow premium pillow. Your 60 day money back guarantee goes all the way through March 1st, 2020. That's now through December 25th. When you go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener special and use my promo code USA. An official message from Medicare. It's open enrollment, Fred. Time to compare plans. Oh, Alice, we're fine with what we have. Well, that's what the Johnsons thought until they tried Medicare's new plan finder. The Johnsons, huh? We saved on our prescription costs. And got extra benefits. Come on, Fred, maybe we'll find something better. Plans change every year. Use the new plan finder at Medicare.gov to compare health and drug plans. Open enrollment ends December 7th. What do you know? Comparing plans really pays. A huge fire at a Northern California refinery facility is under control after an explosion tore through fuel storage tanks there late yesterday north of Oakland. New information about the death of a Texas woman in her home over the weekend when a Fort Worth police officer shot and killed her. The woman's nephew says she pointed a gun at the window just before now former officer Aaron Dean fired that shot that killed the 28-year-old woman. Fort Worth interim police chief Ed Krause says it makes sense that the woman would have a gun if she felt threatened or if someone was in the backyard. A lawyer for the family says it was a type of police response that was to blame for the woman's death. 
Who sent the equivalent of a SWAT team to respond to a wellness call in a black community? Who put this family in this predicament? Former Officer Dean is certainly responsible and should be held accountable, but so should the system. Former Officer Aaron Dean is facing a murder charge. This is USA Radio News. All right, it's hard for me to call these guys judges because they're really robed thugs. They're not literally honoring the law. They're literally perverting the law under the color of law. They're tossing innocents in prison. I mean, Rick Corber is a political prisoner to the umph degree, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, I digress. Ammon Bundy with us. And Ammon Bundy is breaking down the press conference they had yesterday and highlighting, what was it, Judge, how do you say it, Wada? Wada. 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 Yeah, Wada. Wada. I think okay. how you say it. Go ahead, sir. Well, he's kind of, out of all of the judges that have had it, he seems to be the only one that, you know, wanted to try to give a little bit of justice to Rick. And he actually ended up dismissing the case with prejudice, which means it was never supposed to come back up again, meaning the case, the prosecutors couldn't retry the case. Now, let me stop you there. That's how yours was dismissed, right? Yeah, that's ours was dismissed with prejudice, yeah. So beware, they're well, probably going to bring yours up again, too. <laughs> Well, they're, you know, they're, they're trying, yeah. But but some of the things he said in there, I wish I had time to read all of, you know, a lot more of his, uh, his basically rulings. But basically, he, he condemns the prosecutors because they lied over and over and over again. Um, they schemed to, in his own words, they schemed to interview uh, Rick ex parte. Um, in fact, let me read you, it says, the court... The court has already found significant problems with the substantive prosecution of this case, essentially amounting to a pattern of widespread and continuous misconduct by the U.S. Attorney's Office. And then he goes on to point out how basically, well, let me, uh, how the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office uh, withheld exculpatory evidence from Rick. He says the defendant has tried in vain to obtain information from the government about the basis of this prosecution. Only after the hearing on this current motion to dismiss has the government produced an additional 14 pages of supp- 1400 pages, sorry, of supplemental discovery to the defendant. Most of the evidence was between one and four years old, and clearly has been in the government's possession for a long time. There was no explanation for the late production, no description of the content, no table of content, and no index. Index. Anyway, he goes on basically says that, you know, Rick has re, uh, received, you know, uh, extreme prejudice. He's been suffering for many years because of this. And uh, he ends with, this incident is another violation of law by federal prosecutors who, through the pattern and conduct of this case, have been strikingly unwilling to confirm their own conduct to the Constitution. To allow the government a fourth chance to reindict would be ju- unjust just unjustified and a tactic form of tolerating this kind of prosecutorial. And that was back when it was on chance four. They're already on jury seven now, right? That's right. So another interesting thing, after this ruling, Judge Wadup suspiciously recused himself for unknown reasons. Well, he doesn't want to wind up dead or lose his whole career, so he just decided I've done my best for him and that's all I can do in this corrupt system. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing, like I said, going on, the case was dismissed. Rick thought he was going to, you know, 
be okay and and that justice was served i guess in a way uh and then he saw what was happening to us in in oregon and he came and helped us and he was very influential and and a key uh person on our legal team and ultimately we were acquitted and then uh in, and then of course the it was the next day after we were acquitted in Oregon. The very next day, Judge Paris, who took the case after Wadup, ordered the U.S. attorneys to reindict Rick for a fourth time. Um, and uh, it is so to me. It is so clear to all that under, honestly understand the proceedings of Rick's case that this reindictment is a gross political retaliation. For Rick's involvement in our case, I mean, it was the day after our our acquittal. Well, now, so hey, just tase Marcus and indict Rick. Yeah, they tased Marcus, threw him on the ground. They were just infuriated that we won, and then they yeah they tased Marcus, arrested him, and uh, we we need to you know dive into that a little bit because there's some really really wicked things going on there with Marcus that most people don't even understand. But, uh, yeah, and then they indicted Rick. For everybody so they know, Marcus Mumford is the attorney that uh, worked uh, with Ammon Bundy and uh, laid out the reality check before the Oregon grand jury, who basically said not guilty on all counts. Uh, then Marcus Mumford basically, and I'm summarizing here, if I get it wrong, Ammon, please correct me. Then Marcus Mumford said, hey, my client should be free to go if he's not guilty. And they literally attacked him, tased him, threw him down, arrested him, uh, basically saying that he was violating the rules of the courts. I mean, these people are off their rockers, foaming at the mouth, crazy, Ammon. Yeah, it was minutes, and I, and, I, and I mean that, minutes after we were acquitted, that they rushed, charged Marcus Mumford, my attorney, threw him to the ground, tased him, and arrested him, right? In, in the courtroom. In the courtroom, in front of everybody. There you go, man. The thugs just cannot handle it. They don't know what they don't, I don't even know how to respond to this. Uh, nevertheless, no one even got that story, much less the truth. I mean, he wasn't belligerent in the courtroom. Marcus no, is not was, belligerent, sir. He was arguing their lack of uh, legal standing to hold me, to, to, to keep me in detention. Which, and hold on, let me stop you. He has every right as your attorney to do that. In fact, to not do so would be a dereliction of duty. Yeah, and they... But the U.S. Marshals, you know, under their own recognizance, <laughs> went and just did this. Now, the, this is the point I was getting to with, with Judge Waldros, because um, he implied in this 2014 ruling when he dismissed the case, he said, or he implied that this case has the potential to erode the faith of the citizens in the U.S. government's ability to administrate justice. And so listen to his words directly. He says, quote, it is unfortunately true that the court granted the motion to suppress to prevent the erosion of citizens' faith in the even-handed administration of the law. Now, now Judge Waldrop's concern has unfortunately came to full fruition. Almost more than he could have even warned, because we're not on four, which he was warning about then. We're on seven, and now we convict for well over a decade. Really, yeah. I can't remember how old Rick is, but that's really the most of the rest of his adult life, uh, not counting being retired, really. Yeah, I think Rick is 47 years old, and um, and that's exactly right. Judge Wadra's concerns, you know, has basically, remember, he said that in 2014. 
That was five years ago. And the prosecutions have just continued. And accelerated, and, uh, though. Not only continued, but they've upped the ante and, and increased the pressure. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, as more and more people become aware of the, you know, the truth, the history and the facts of Rick's proceedings, the confidence in the U.S. Attorney's Office and the federal judicial system altogether is and will continue to decline. And so at the press conference, I asked this question. Will officers of the federal government continue their abuse and political unjust actions until the confidence of the people in them is so low that the people reject the federal judicial system altogether? And then another question I asked. Let me stop you there, Ammon. Before you get to the next question, I pray the answer is no. But sadly, we're on a 90-mile going north um, trajectory to make that reality. You can say that, that it's not. we're not that close. I'm telling you, though, we are headed for that. And if we do, I fear what's going to happen, Ammon. Well, uh, no government can stand without the confidence of their people unless they do it in outright force against them. Because uh, that, that's just a fact. You, you can't, if, if the people do not have confidence, confidence in their government, then the government cannot stand unless it does it upon force. And so what, what we are seeing here, the reality of what we are seeing here is that the people, because of their actions, government official actions, are losing confidence in their own government. And if it continues, uh, you know, that they cannot govern. And uh, anyway, uh, the, the second question that I ask is, does the U.S. judicial system have the capability to correct the actions of their own officers? And will they do it before the people's faith in the system is er- eroded to the point of no return? So let me ask it a different way. Rick Korber in prison. Is there anything we can do? to reverse the belligerence that put him there uh, in time to build faith back in the system, to restore. There is no liberty with innocence in prison is the point. Is there a way that after the fact something can be done to see justice here and mercy and, 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 and reality and transparency, or are we just going to continue on the collision course? Well, that's an interesting question, Sam, but we, the people, cannot do anything to restore faith in them. They have to do it. That's correct. And that's my point is, is there a, something in, in their internals, in their internal system that will allow that to correct itself? And as far as I can tell, there is not. There is, but it's just another appeal. And who's going to do that with what money? Exactly. So I, I get your point, and I don't disagree. I'm just highlighting the end game for folks to get it. It's an uphill battle, to say the least. Rick's biggest mistake, ladies and gentlemen was being quiet. Let's talk about that in the last segment. Am and Bundy on your radio. Kosher. Certified. Put the two words together to get co-certified, which is spelled with an S-E-H instead of just S-H. It's the right way to spell this, the German way, and it made it easier to trademark. Now, did I tell you that the letters S-C-H still make the shh sound, as in all those American food producers saying shh? 
Let's keep it really quiet that our product is kosher certified. Think about it. Nearly one century of kosher certification, and hardly anyone outside exclusive observers knows that most packaged food and kitchen products are literally certified by religious intermediaries. Well, because you, consumer, are indirectly paying for this, the Kosher Certified app is here to make kosher certification awareness an inclusive matter for people of all faiths and identities. And it even boasts a unique database of products not kosher certified. We call that NKC. Start memeing it. It's fun. NKC. Not kosher certified. Now to confuse our audience even more, we put a question mark at the end of our name. And that really cinched our trademark approval. It relates to the website where you can begin your new shopping behavior. TheKosherQuestion.com Attention Liberty News Radio listeners. Hard-hitting talk radio has never been and never will be supported by the mainstream in America. Hard-hitting talk radio is taking on the mainstream press like never before. News the networks refuse to use is one of the best ways to educate people. We invite all liberty-loving Americans to join with us to restore the principles of our founding fathers and promote God, family, and country in the media and our lives. Please help spread the Liberty message with your generous donation. You can go online at libertynewsradio.com right now and make a donation online. Or call 801-756-9133 and make a donation over the phone. That's libertynewsradio.com and 801-756-9133. Make a donation today. biggest mistake in this whole thing. The guy's a brilliant man, and we're not attacking him for the statement. We're just highlighting a reality. Uh, you made this point in the press conference, I think, as well, Ammon. His silence was his biggest mistake, because if you're silent, you will be convicted. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, it, I believe that the, the federal judges deciding Rick's future do not possess the moral compass to do what is right on their own. I, it's unfortunate, but it's a fact. And same goes with most, well, I should say many. I don't want to, you know, say most, but probably is. Most officers in the government. So it is only when the people hold their officers in the government personally accountable that they, re they return to the correct moral path. Uh, or, you know, or they start to act in, in the moral way. And if you don't have the people, uh, you know, voicing their opinion, uh, showing their distaste, uh, you know, keeping these people uh, in line and accountable, then they just do whatever they want. And, and ultimately, whatever they want is very adverse to the people. Well, Rick's Rick's mistake here was that he believed that these judges and these officers of the court would hold themselves accountable and be true to the rule of law and justice. And uh, so he, he, you know, he remained silent. And, and uh, unfortunately, this is the result of that. We need to speak out boldly, nobly, 
and independently anytime we get the opportunity. If we don't, our silence will ensure conviction. Part of the reason that the jury understood the truth in your cases uh, and partly the reason that this had so much focus is because you spoke out. Those around you spoke out. With Rick Corber, it literally was a 10-year silence uh, where people didn't really realize what's going on. People don't realize um, all that has happened in this case. People don't realize this is the seventh grand jury. People don't realize the information withheld. People don't realize the internal battle that took place in Utah where some people are saying there's no crime here and trying to raise the warning flag of this is a witch hunt. Um, No one knows those things. And so uh, they can do what they want. Whenever we're silent, whenever it's secret, this dishonesty and immorality, uh, this perversion prospers. And if we speak out and shine the light, it's the only hope we have. Otherwise, a conviction is insured, Ammon. Yeah, well, see, in our case, what happened in Nevada, in, in Oregon, basically, we had to fight to get the jury the truth, which is very, very hard in a federal court or in a federal trial. Very, very difficult. Now, in Nevada, what happened is the truth, we kept, you know, getting the truth out there. And I'll give you an example. They were trying to, they sealed the discovery, and they were trying to keep the discovery uh, from going to the public because they knew what was happening. Well, we we were able to see the discovery because we were the defendants, or glad we were able to see it, and we were actually in prison able to create a jump drive with these videos of body cams and of these, you know, uh, what the people were saying and what the prosecutors were saying and doing, and we created that in prison. And we put it inside this little, uh, 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 anyway, it's hard to explain because most people don't understand what it's like in prison. But we got it outside. We got it without their permission. We got it outside. And it went public all over. And it put pressure on the judge um, and began to really show the truth here of what was happening to the point where the judge is like, look, there's too much heat on me. I got to let this go. And uh, people might agree or disagree with that, that those methods, but that's where we're at. You, the, the judges, the prosecutors, they have to feel enough heat, personally heat. They have to feel like uh, they're going to lose their career. They're going to you know, be held accountable some way, and then they'll back away from it. And that's unfortunately where, we've be, where we're at in these proceedings. Uh, with these federal courts and even these state courts. Uh, Kurt, you want to chime into this? I submit to you that silence ensures conviction is my headline. Silence ensures conviction. And then I'm saying this. We must learn to speak out boldly, nobly, and independently so that innocents are not in prison. Well, the other thing I would add is uh, simply the thing we've been harping on, I guess you could say, or working on for 20 or maybe 30 years almost, it seems like, and that is uh, the uh, the power of the media. Um, it, I mean, they can either dissuade the judge in a certain way or persuade him, I guess you'd say. Uh, uh, they can get some heat on him, like uh, Ammon was talking about, uh, and you can get the truth to the people or the people can be uh, uninformed uh, and, uh, well, bamboozled like they are in most cases. 
James, do you want to chime into this? I say silence ensures conviction. We must learn to speak out. I was thinking about that, Sam, as well, and, and also reflecting on the fact that you have these cases where you have these dissidents, you know, otherwise, and I, I'm not familiar with Rick Corbett as a person, but uh, I, I would just hazard a guess that he's probably a pretty decent person. You have these situations, and it's certainly not new, uh, going back many decades now, where they will just keep coming after you with charge after charge until they get something to stick. If they uh, feel as though you're upsetting the apple cart, then you have this huge sentence here. I mean, I think a lot of people think you either get life or, uh, you know, a few weeks in the, in the drunk tank. But, I mean, 14 years is, I mean, massive. Who would want to give away 14 years of their life away from their family and then – you know, you say, is it because he was taking on the government? Is it because of his religion? And sadly, neither are unprecedented. And in fact, in, in this deteriorating climate uh, that we have with the out-of-control federal government, I mean, both are, are somewhat likely. I remember having a conversation at lunch at a speaking engagement in Atlanta many years ago, and I asked the guy who was an attorney, I said, you know, with regards to those of us who speak out and have these traditionalist views that are becoming more and more well, they're, they use the word radical, I guess, but I'm just talking about God-fearing, honest people. I said, what's to stop them from just coming up with charges and arresting us anytime they want to? And he said, I'll never forget his answer. It was a two-word answer. He said, very little. And I think that's what we're seeing here. But, but thankfully, you're right. I mean, to get back to your point and your question, uh, we do have people like him and people like you, Sam and Kurt, uh, who, who speak out. I think that can be your best defense is to speak out and to, to let that light shine. I, I regret that this has happened to, to Mr. Corber, and uh, we'll just see where it goes. And I guess that's that's the question. I mean, where does this go from here? I mean, is there any recourse? Is there any possibility that it won't be as bad as it appears at first pass? Well, Ammon, you want to respond to that? Well, of course, uh, you know, They'll appeal this, you know, conviction. Uh, he st- he certainly has, you know, plenty to warrant an appeal. Uh, but uh, as you know, it'll go to uh, a panel of judges on the circuit level. And uh, three judges will have to decide whether, you know, there needs to be another trial or whether the case was dismissed or maybe some of the charges were dropped and so forth. Uh, but again, it's the same uh, people that have convicted him. Uh, they're motivated by the same motivations. And, uh, you know, maybe after that, if they deny him on on the circuit level, maybe he can get to the Supreme Court. And, you know, but that's a long path and the Supreme Court might not take it. Um, I do think that if uh, you know, an honest Supreme Court or an honest circuit judge is, will see this, they'll just throw it out. There's no question. And even if he is to appeal, will Rick Peel is the question. And if so, with what money? Uh, you know, how are you going to get some money? When they put you in prison, you can't even defend yourself hardly, Ammon. Well, and that's a huge part of the case here that we haven't even been able to talk about. But yeah, they destroyed Rick financially. And because of that, they manipulated his defense. And uh, that's ultimately what was able to get why they were able to get a conviction. They forced Marcus Mumford off of the case through some disgusting maneuvers. And it was a, a literally a dis, uh, I'm not just saying this as a conspirator. It was a conspiracy by the district judges in the District of Utah against Marcus Mumford. And uh, 
I have documents, and and I and I can't wait till they they basically did this without the bar even knowing. It. These judges did, and uh, anyway, I hopefully exposed that enough yesterday that there's going to be some retribu- retribution. Well, I hope so, and we'll keep highlighting it. One of the other points to make before the uh, end of the hour here is while this is going on with innocence in prison, ladies and gentlemen, literally Hillary's running around. Literally, Joe Biden's running around, not only free, but fleecing the taxpayers every single day. Lois Lerner, <laughs> literally running around free. And Donald's like, golly, there's some bad people around here. Hey, man, I'm calling Donald Trump to stand up and start arresting Thobe thug-robed judges that are literally violating the law at every turn. They're uh, under the guise of the color of law, and they're putting innocents in prison literally every day, Ammon. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're clear full. I was in there myself. Uh, these prisons are clear full of, of innocent people, and uh, it's, uh, it's a sad situation that we see ourselves in. And I, you know, I know Donald can't solve it all by three o'clock, but if Donald's not careful, uh, the deep state, whatever you want to call it, the swamp, I don't know what, you know, the shadow government, whatever word you use for this lately. um, I've been around for a long time in this movement, folks. I'm just telling you, whatever that is, if Donald's not careful, they're going to get him, too. They're trying. But I think it's a good example we can see of how they use the courts against their political enemies. Yeah, these judges are above Donald. They just shut him down at every turn, don't they? Well, the, and again, the confidence of the American people are being lost in the judicial system, and the, those judges are cutting their own throat because uh, that basically the only power they have is the power of the confidence of the people, the power of the people. And when yeah, and the Federal Reserve money system is based on the same confidence game too. That's right. It is. It is propped up by the confidence of the American people, and the more corrupt they get, the more obvious that corruption is the less confidence that the people have in them. So their power diminishes. And uh, that is that is just a fact. That's the principle of power. Do you got a final word, Kurt? Well, I don't even know what to add, except uh, I would thank uh, Ammon and, uh, of course, uh, James Edwards for being with us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you think our efforts are worthwhile, please support us so that we can continue to bring these programs uh, your way. James, quickly before Ammon gets the final word. Now, I just want to thank you and Kurt for the forum that you provide here, Sam, this venue that makes a guest like Ammon available. Ammon, final word, sir. So in the Fox News report, they said that a man was drugged out by the U.S. Marshals for heckling the the judge. They did not even report that this man was supposedly one of the victims that the prosecutors put in line to testify against Rick. And the big battle was he was saying he's not a victim. No, he said he was a victim of the prosecutors. Well, right, but he was saying he wasn't a victim of Rick Corber as they tried to portray, and then he wouldn't sit down because he's saying, you guys are dishonest and lying here, so they drug him out and lied about it. Yeah, and then Fox News says that uh, it was he was just a heckler. Lies everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We stand for the truth. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Thank you, James Edwards, Kurt Crosby, Ammon Bundy. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. <laughs>